There was a time in your life when you would come to worship, you would sit down, whether it was family worship, whether it was church worship, whether it was Sabbath school, whether it was a chapel experience, and there was a time in your life where you sat in the midst of a worship experience, questioning, wondering if this was the thing that you wanted to be doing at that time. Some of you might be sitting here in this moment, sitting here on a Sabbath in our space of worship going, is this what I chose today at, you know, 11.56? Is this what I want to be doing with my time? As you heard in our video about Connected Life, and we know scripture says, where two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be. And so welcome to this space of God's presence to fill you. We spent the last couple of weeks considering and reconsidering the prayer that Jesus gave to his disciples. And what I've been saying for the last couple of weeks is that this prayer that many of us grew up with to repeat in times of trouble, to lean on, to go to as a practice, is more than just a habitual repetition of words. Everything Jesus did and everything Jesus said had the sole purpose of turning our thoughts and our focus on the kingdom of God and deepening our experience with a relationship in Jesus. I said this a few weeks ago and I'll repeat it again so that we can enter into this vicious cycle or vicious spiral upward of getting to know more about the kingdom leading us to know more about God. And the, know, the more we know about God, the more we will understand the kingdom. And then we go upward, upward, and continuously in a cycle viciously upward, upward. And oftentimes our experiences keep us horizontally, but as we can see now, we are on a journey upward. If you've followed my sermon titles for the past couple of weeks, you will see today, as you look at your bulletin, I've kept all three of them there. Because as we journey through this prayer, we begin with an Our Father, and a hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we start our prayer understanding that Jesus has got some words. An intense son that Jesus is to claim father in heaven, a proclamation that he makes wildly. For him to call God father is for him to admit that he is the son of God. The Messiah that the Jews have been waiting for and the one that they see now and go, is it you? When I'm in the midst of your worship, as you claim to be the Son of God, do I want to be there? Do I want to be here? They listen to Matthew chapter 6, where we're going to be spending some of our time today. In the midst of Jesus' longest sermon, longest account with people as he teaches, as he talks, as he tries to paint a new picture of what life with him here on earth now looks like. When he starts with our Father, hallowed be your name, we get to ourselves say, we are God's adopted children. That we understand who God is as Jesus comes to redefine the kingdom. We get to understand our own identity as God's children and as Jesus calls on the will of God to be an earthly present reality. Jesus changes you and I, the people who are made of earth, 
as bits of clay with life breathed into us. We are people to be activated by the Holy Spirit to continue making the will of God a present reality today. So as we continue journeying through our prayer, give us this day our daily bread. We arrive at this part of the experience not as I mentioned last week, a list of provisions, a list of needs, a list of all the things I want to bring to God, but as a readiness to receive the list from God of what our provisions will be and what we will do with the things he will give us. It is our job to not let our greed get in the way of our grace toward what has already been extended to us and what we can do with that. To push that aside and say, no, 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 but the things that I have on my mind, my daily bread, give me that. When we come to give us today our daily bread, we can only understand its meaning. We can only have the depth here if we've spent time calling God our Father, understanding our relationship to him, hallowing his name, and recognizing that the kingdom has come. The kingdom is here. I am living it. Giving us daily bread only means anything if we recognize that we are supposed to be the agents of kingdom come. And so the bread that we're about to receive is to continue making this kingdom a thing. Our daily bread is about responding to who Jesus is in God in human form. To respond to the one who is grace in human form. The one who is love in human form. The one who will change everything. So as we move forward in our prayer, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Transforming people so that we could go back to where we came from and live in this new reality of reconciliation. We are invited to be loyal to Jesus and his kingdom vision. We start with our intense son, and then we recognize we're living in our tension. How do we do these things? How do we receive from God our daily bread when I have a list of needs? And God's going to say, but here's what I will give you, and here's where I want you to tend to, and here's where I want you to be doing my work. But God, all of my stuff. And then we move through our, our prayer and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. We have received God's forgiveness, and so we are supposed to practice forgiveness. To not practice forgiveness and not just I'm sorry. To practice forgiveness is to be an advocate of reconciliation because God has extended reconciliation to us through Jesus. To not practice forgiveness is to admit that we have, we have not acknowledged what God has done in the ministry and in the life of Jesus. And there is work there on our part. There is tension. Have you truly sat with the forgiveness that you have been extended? Have you truly sat with the grace that you have at your fingertips? Because you did nothing to earn it. And if anything, you did all of, thing, all of the things to get it taken away. But that is just who God is. That is just what Jesus came to do. He came to say, this new kingdom is for you. 
This new kingdom will allow you to pray, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. There are many times, places, experiences, and situations that you and I, and I am the first one to admit it, where I don't want to. Because it's hard. And because that means I have to acknowledge hurt, pain, and go to a place that I don't want to go to. Or that I'm not ready to relinquish somebody else of. But to not practice forgiveness one more time is to recognize that we have not accepted the forgiveness that Jesus has already given us. So we get it. If you can't forgive, it's hard. We get it. There's pain. It's darkness. But what is the experience then that you are sitting in? Because Jesus is right there. And Jesus has said, yes, my blood has already covered it. And so your ability to worship today and your ability to come into this place and your ability to claim the name of Jesus means you have accepted that grace. So then your ability, which will only come from God because we know we as humans cannot do this, to forgive and to be part of a reconciliation story is the greatest story ever told. You know you don't want to do it. You know, it says something about you, and it says something about them. But what are we trying to say about God? So as we sit in the tensions of our lives, how are we going to trust in spite of our relationships, in spite of our finances, in spite of our jobs, our vocations, in spite of our health, in spite of our spirituality? Our call is to be a people have the absurd, unique, and beautiful ability to claim victory because of what Jesus did on Calvary. And this is a message for the world. This is a message for you, and this is a message that leaves this place. God intends for the world to experience the peace that passes all understanding. I sat with somebody this week in the hospital facing diagnosis that is ugly and to to see expressions on faces of people saying we're going to be okay whatever happens things are going to be okay life is going to be okay yes I have questions yes I'm concerned why did this happen to me I am not in a point of my life where these are the things that I should be dealing with. And I said, you know, nobody is ever in a point in their life that they should be dealing with these things. And that's the story. That's the story. We have the absurd, unique, and beautiful ability to claim victory because what Jesus has done. God intends for us to be victorious. So he came and he did it. And the church, you and I and the people who come and who sit in worship, who question our times of whether or not we should be, could we be spending our time here? Is it only going to be an hour? Is it going to go past that full hour that I've allotted for it? There has been a time where you have decided, I'm going to pursue worship as a way of life. And not worship as an event that I have come to. 
and not worship as a compartment that I allowed to exist in my space. I will give worship the honor of my busy schedule. We at Bonita talk about worship as a way of life, as a way that we approach every aspect of things, to have a worldview, to have a construct of the world that says we start at worship and let everything filter through that. And so for Jesus to give us this prayer, it is not the Lord's prayer. This is the prayer of the people. This is what Jesus says. He says, pray like this. The church, a group that should be defined and could be defined, and almost just right here is our definition of the people who pray this prayer. It's for us to model and and pioneer a victorious way of life. And when we come to scripture and when we dive into the words that Jesus is giving us, how often have we thought of our father and recognized this is me saying I'm stepping into a legacy versus me just starting a repetitious prayer that I've known my entire life? When have we said your kingdom come, your will be done, where we have said the kingdom and the earth in me is you bringing your will to this space? When have we said, give us this day our daily bread and said, whatever bread you give me, I will go, I will take, and I will feed. Versus, I will take and I will feast. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. We are the victorious people, my friends. This is a way back to God. This is the only way of life. But as we forgive those who we are indebted to, who are indebted to us, we recognize that this only way of life, this reconciliation back to God, means we practice reconciliation with each other. And reconciliation in whatever means, whether there was pain or hurt of my own doing or your own doing, Or reconciliation that needs to happen just because there is pain and there is hurt wherever fault lies or wherever the source comes from. Because you and I are all on the same team, children of God, and our opposition is evil. It is not each other. So as we look at these prayers and these petitions and these words that Jesus is giving, this is an invitation to a life. A life with him a life with each other. So as we look at the last verse of today, a phrase and a sentiment that is not new to Jesus' ministry. Do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. Your Bibles will have a little letter at the end of verse 13. And the actual body of scripture doesn't include what manuscripts actually have as a continuation of this prayer that Jesus has given to his people. So that little letter that you have in your Bible at the end of verse 13 will lead you into, say, additional scripture for the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours forever. Amen. Jesus, later in Matthew, is... At the 
Garden of Gethsemane, and he says, pray so that you won't be tested. He's telling his people, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Pray this. There is evil out here. So call on my name. Whether you're tired, whether you're confused, whether you don't even recognize my power yet, because you have not seen what is about to happen, but I know. This is a new kingdom. Here I am. This is what I've been saying since I've gotten here. I am the one that you all looked for. Pray this. And even later, you, so that you won't be tested. Verse 13 says, do not bring us to the time of trial. Not because Jesus, not because God intends us to go there. That's not his intention. But God knows that in his love and in the freedom that we have because he wanted us to choose goodness. He wanted us to choose fullness. He wanted us to choose relationship. So we had the choice and we failed. But in coming again, we have this choice to access our Father. Hallowed be your name. I acknowledge your kingdom coming. Here you are. You sit in my presence. I sit with you flowing in me. Give me the things that will make this life rich. I acknowledge what you are doing and what you have done for me. Forgive me of my shortcomings as I will forgive those in my spaces so that we can claim goodness. So we can say this prayer confidently. We can say this prayer with assurance. We claim victory because we know Jesus. We worship because we know Jesus. God's intention in reconciling us back to him allows us to pray a prayer prophetically. It allows us to pray a prayer with boldness. It allows us to pray a prayer that we have no right praying. All because Jesus understood his unique role and vocation. God's intention to be in relationship with us allows us to look at the end of this prayer, recognizing the balance that Jesus is asking us to see. Evil is not at the center of our story. We don't begin here. Evil isn't the grand finale of our story, so we can't just end our scripture here. So we have to go to this apparatus, and scholars will tell you that a prayer wouldn't end in that culture in biblical times at just deliver us from the evil one and then stop. We learned in fifth grade when we were writing a paragraph, you started with an opening sentence, three details, and then a closing sentence. You don't just stop at one of the details. So while we can come to Scripture, and this is why we have to fall in love with the Bible, this is why we have to come here to access the Jesus that we're saying that has saved you, because we can claim Jesus, but all of a sudden we don't know what the Bible says. So what Jesus do you know? The one we talk about, PK's Jesus? He's a pretty good one, but come here. Because I won't do it justice. 
So it's not just going to stop here, but Jesus is going to tell us, I understand your question. I get why your faith is going to shake. This is what it means to live in tension, but Jesus is saying, I want to be in relationship with you. For us to pray this prayer is what it means to have kingdom come be our reality. That who we are in relationship to Jesus is, the, is our ability to make kingdom come in 2019. As we live intentions of need and intentions of provisions on this earth, intentions of a world that just needs forgiveness and reconciliation regardless of what's happening in Christianity. We pray, deliver us from evil. And we can acknowledge here confidently that evil is not equal or opposite to God. Evil is a force that is opposed to God's good creation, you and me. Because Genesis will tell you after God made us, it was real good. So evil is coming after us. And our prayer as we come here to verse 13 is Jesus saying, I will be with you through all of it. Deliver us, yes. Because when I prayed in Gethsemane and I cried out to God, he recognized that he was going to throw himself on the wheel turning of world history. It was going to crush him just so that the wheel could turn back in the other direction. When you and I pray this prayer, Jesus is saying, I know, I've been there. I've done it. And you can in this newness that is me. God wants to put us in authority over this world so that we can care for and we can love what is his creation so that we can love who he is. For us to pray, deliver us from evil, is to inhale and then express victory of the cross and lean into God's goodness, God's richness, God's peace, and God's will. We oftentimes wonder, well, if it's God's will, I will X, Y, Z. If it's God's will, this is the plan I will go through. I struggle with that, I'll be honest with you. Because when we started this conversation, we said this book... The Bible and the relationship God has to us has only ever been one intention. To be connected to his children. So God's will will be expressed however you are allowing God to live in you. God to live through you. God to do what God does in your world. Keep him at the center. Keep your gaze on his. Because then the will will allow you to live in the freedom that Christ died for. There may or may not be a set path for the plans that God knows for you. You get to choose your shirt tomorrow. You, just, you, you get that. Because he died for our freedom. Because you will do what you do best with your passions, with your energy, with your excitement, with your joy that he will give to you because he is at the center of your life. He doesn't care what you choose as long as he's at the middle. 
His intention was be in relationship with me. That is the will of God. So when Jesus comes to do the will of God, he is saying, I am going to be in relationship with my people. So choose a different shirt tomorrow. It's fine. Change your major 12 times. It's fine. Your vocation might need to end seasonally, and you're going to pursue something different. It's fine, as long as God's in the middle. Jesus' victory is more power, has more power, and is a bigger reality than any evil that we can face. For us to pray, deliver us from evil, is for us to reject evil forces as we sit in the tension of our lives. When we can make a choice to crumble or to stand victorious with the one who is victory. And maybe it's minute by minute. Maybe it's hour by hour. Maybe it's day by day. But that is the story that God is writing. This means, as we pray, do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours forever. This means we are allowed to pass safely through the testing of our faith. If you're, go- if you're questioning if you're going to make it, the answer is yes. This allows us to experience the will of God in our present moments. We are to become the people whose lives capture the joy and the pain of the world, to bring that together with what is God's reconciliation to birth a new world. For there is power and glory in God's kingdom. So you and I are going to have different stories. The things that you will struggle with will be the things that I don't. And the things that I struggle with will be the things that you don't. This gives more depth. This gives more meaning. This is why unique experiences are powerful, because they testify to just how big God is. The power of God can handle your junk. It can handle your junk. It can handle my junk. I think it's fascinating when somebody told me this this analogy. He was like, you don't want to be the God of finances to only, for that to be the only kind of character God has. You don't want the only character that God has to be the God of relationships because what if yours are good? Then God has no place to intersect with you. So God is bigger and God can handle the relationships, the finances, the jobs, the schools, the spiritual well-being of who we are. We are part of something bigger than ourselves. So we can't pray this from a safe distance. To pray this is to acknowledge that we're stepping into something dirty but good. To pray any of these petitions in the Lord's Prayer is to say yes to God's kingdom. Yes to God's kingdom birthing in you. You are saying yes to follow Jesus to Gethsemane even when you don't get it. Even when you're sleepy. You're saying yes to being a victorious kind of person, to being part of a community that is a victorious kind of people. We pray this at points of pain. We pray this at points of fear. We pray this at points of ugliness so that we can allow the Holy Spirit 
to turn those into points of reconciliation back to God. Because if we're not willing to journey into what is ugly and what is dirty and what is messy, then there is no bridge of God to those spaces. This is why we need to be honest. This is why we need to be real. This is why we need to be transparent and authentic. Because he will only go as deep as we are allowing it to be. And if we're not going to give each other the depth, then where do we expect Jesus to show up? By giving us this prayer, Jesus invites us to talk into the darkness and discover that that also belongs to him. That when we sit in our own darkness, when we enter dark nights, the fact that we have done this with the Lord's prayer on our lips means that when the darkness breaks, his glory wakes. This is the prayer for disciples. This is the prayer for and of God's people. This prayer is more than a starting point for your prayer experience, though it is a beautiful place to start if you haven't done so already. It is more than a starting point for our faith journey. To pray this prayer is to have a response, is to be activated, to participate in living in his kingdom, living in his power, living in his glory. This prayer is one of mission and commission. You know what you got to do, and you have been tasked and called to do it. This is a prayer of incarnation and empowerment. Because in Jesus, love incarnate, he is now in us, and we get to manifest a thing that we can access nowhere else. So we are empowered. We have it all. Holiness runs in us because we allow Jesus to inhabit our heart. This is a prayer of confidence and commitment. That we as victorious people will usher in this kingdom on the daily. This is our commitment to living the kingdom reality. This is not a resignation to let God do his will because you are his will. Prayer in the name of Jesus is a game changer. To pray in the name of Jesus is to call on the one who is stronger than strong. To pray in the name of Jesus is to reach out to the one who is the creator of the world. The one who has become king and taken the power of the world and defeated it with the power of the cross. The one who took a lowly manger to feed some animals and hung on a tree that everyone just passes by. Your everyday, lowly, gross, nothing, think, not thinking twice, objects for him to have a kingdom of power and glory forever and ever. There are a lot of us who could use this kind of joy, this kind of commitment, this kind of victory, this kind of excitement, this kind of life after Jesus. Jesus, the one who came to set the captives free. Jesus, the one who came to give sight to the blind, to give a voice to the voiceless, to attend to the marginalized. That's you and I because we are not Jewish and so we get to be those people who claim this prayer. This 
prayer gives us hope. This prayer gives us comfort. This prayer gives us peace. This prayer is more than a habit for us to build or a practice for us to engage in. We have the literal words of Jesus given to us by him, having been prayed since Jesus walked the earth himself. Can you imagine sitting in his presence and him telling you, pray like this? And for us to imagine now what living a kingdom life in heaven that we are all waiting for, Adventists, we're waiting, and we're looking forward to that day. We have the list, and we know the things. It's going to be great. But if it's great in the end, and it was great in the beginning, it's got to be great in the middle, or we got to be journeying toward greatness. And Jesus says, yes, that is the story. You're on it. You're in it. You're making it happen. Jesus has intended for our lives to change. Jesus has an intention for us to receive and experience blessings. Jesus has an intention for us to be the blessings to other people. With the intention for a life that is full of God's power and God's glory. Don't you want to live in the midst of heavenly power and heavenly glory? Because it starts with our Father, who he is, who he allows us to be because of it. It continues with kingdom realities being your present. You know I love Disney. Like, I could live there every day. Just so much joy and so much happy air. And I'm going to be honest, sometimes I don't walk through these walls and feel the happy air. And I don't feel like I could live here every day, even though sometimes I do. There was a time in your life where your worship was just something that you did. It was just something that you made time for. It was just something that you grew up knowing was right. But you weren't convicted about it yet. And maybe you're not convicted of it yet right now. We have these conversations, and we have high schoolers sitting among us, and they amaze me because of where their faiths are right now. Because when I was in high school, that is not where my faith was. I did not want to be here. But when I asked some of our high schoolers if they want to just be on campus on a day when I should be doing something else, they're like, sure, we'll go. And so the idea that we are a community who are going to invest in or who are going to, and not just high schoolers, we have us sitting as grown adults who have never been convicted about worship before who just know that we are Sabbath-keeping people, and so we come and we do it. I'm going to give some credit to my friend who works in the office back there, and the far one, who said, we are human beings, not human doings. And so worship should be a way of our being. This prayer is our worship. This prayer should be reflected then in our lives. For the last three weeks, I have invited you to consider different ways of approaching this prayer. Allow it to inspire the things that you, will t you think about and bring. Allow it to just be the words of your meditation and your heart. I remember the journey that I was on when coming to church started getting more interesting. 
And there were two reasons why. One, because the people that I was sitting with were phenomenal people. And it, they invited me into a journey. They invited me into a space. They invited me into an experience of life together. And so when we came into worship, whether or not the sermon was good or the sermon was bad, and I'll let you have your opinions for today. I, <laughs> thank you. I, I loved just being in the space of people who invested in me. And so then as I understood community a little better, I started to understand Jesus a little better. And so when I would hear us talking about the kind of Jesus who came to save us, the kind of God who wants to be in relationship with us, I said, ooh, that will inspire me to be a part of this kind of community with people who have hearts after my own with people who genuinely care about my well-being and my, my spiritual highs and my spiritual lows, with people who will indulge my questions, with people who will be honest about the things that they are struggling with, scripture or otherwise. It meant that I wanted to journey lifelong and not just on Saturday mornings. It meant that when I came into spaces of worship, it no longer became about how good a sermon was, how good the music was, or how entertaining the preacher was. This is about being in a place, being in a space, and recognizing our Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we have also forgiven our debtors. Do not bring us to the time of trial, but rescue us from the evil one. For the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours forever. Amen. I'm going to invite the worship team back up. We hope that when you worship here at Bonita, we have a chance to enter into this kind of relationship with each other. We hope that when you worship here at Bonita, you have a chance to discover the kind of God who wants goodness and richness and fullness for you. We hope that when you worship here at Bonita, you are inspired to live a life that is different than anything you have ever dreamed of, anything that you've ever thought of, anything that you think was possible because now in Christ it has been made possible. This prayer is an invitation to your life. Don't just repeat it today. Don't just repeat it tomorrow. Allow this to be your response to who God is. Allow your worship now to be your response to who God is. Sing with us as we worship.